Welcome to Coffee with Kim. I'm Kim Kelp, and every week you and I sit down with fascinating, smart, and talented leaders, CEOs, and founders so that we can copy their homework. If someone knows how to do something really well, I want to know what it is and exactly how they're doing it. Get ready for aha moments, gems of wisdom, and little known tips and tricks that we can steal and use in our own lives. If you want to join these conversations and ask these experts your own questions, no point in just me having all the fun. Join us on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern live over on LinkedIn. Happy Wednesday. Greetings from Colorado. Hence the skis and skateboards in my back. You know those are not usually there. I'm coming to you live with a raspberry green tea. If you haven't already, let me know where you're coming in from and perhaps what is in your cup. Welcome back. If you have joined us each and every week, thank you. If you're new here, come on in. We're a pretty fun bunch. Every single Wednesday, we meet at 1 p.m. Eastern to learn all we can from interesting leaders, CEOs, and successful executives about what works and how we can apply it to our own lives to get ahead and essentially copy people's homework. So I am really excited that you are here today. And boy, oh boy, are we going to have such an exciting talk. And I know it can be a little intimidating. I know I'm a little intimidated sometimes, but Ellen, but if you have a question, if you have a thought, if you have something to add, don't be shy. Add it in the chat. Remember, this is a group conversation. This is not one of those school lectures where you have to wait to the end to ask your questions. We are a little more rebellious here. So as you have questions, as you have comments, type them in so that we can address them and you can join the conversation in real time. And don't forget to join us each and every week. You can follow me on LinkedIn so that you can always get reminders about when we are going live and who we are going live with. So if you haven't already, click that little follow button over on LinkedIn, or you can go to kimkelp.com and sign up for the email list so you make sure not to miss a single thing. So I'm really excited to jump into today, and I'm really excited for Giacomo and Kelly and Jen and Phil and Jeff and all of our amazing friends to join us in this conversation because you guys are going to love Ellen, holy moly, if you didn't do any Google stalking of her before this, don't worry, we'll add a link, you can do a little Google stalking if you want, but she is an amazingly impressive entrepreneur, founder, and CEO. She is also a podcast host, and she's also a really effective coach and consultant who has had over eight thousand, yes, that is the correct number, correct amount of zeros, 8,000 students go through her program to land their first big client. So if you also work in any sort of sales or consultant or coaching, holy moly, get ready with some questions with Ellen. So please raise your glasses and help me in welcoming Ellen. Hello, Kim. Oh my gosh. Well, cheers to you. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Wednesday to everybody in the chat. I am so thrilled to be here. And your introduction was like the kindest thing ever. So you make everyone feel like a superstar. Thank you. 
you are a superstar and holy moly again I just have to say, when I first saw the cubicle to CEO sort of like tagline brand, I was obsessed. I feel like it's one of those things that you just, for me anyways, I instantly formed like a picture in my head, like me and my little cubicle desk and then me kind of like standing up and coming into the CEO role. So I'm so curious from like a marketing standpoint, like how did you come up with that? So this name actually came to me because it is a direct reflection of my own journey, right? I left my cubicle job. I actually quit my corporate job in 2017. It was like three days before Christmas. I think my last day was literally December 22nd. And I didn't have a backup plan. I was 23 years old at the time. Um, my parents were not pleased with my decision. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I, I just... I really feel that in life, sometimes we wait for perfect timing or perfect circumstances. And the truth is there is no such thing. So when you know that something is not aligned with you or your heart's not in it, I think it's important to trust yourself. And so sometimes we have to be our own catalysts for change. And so that's, that's what I decided to do when I left my job and, you know, became the CEO of my own business. And so I just thought the name was really fitting to describe that journey for not only myself, but for so many other people out there wanting to make that transition from cubicle to CEO. But when you talk about like catalyst for change, my head immediately goes to like, scary. Um, cause that's like scary and it's like brave to, to quit a job, you know, you're getting a salary and a 401k and it's steady. So did you always have that, you know, confidence or is it something where you read a lot of books or listened to a lot of podcasts and like built it up over time or did it always kind of come naturally? You know, I'm an interesting, um, I have an interesting dichotomy because if you know me in real life, I am probably one of the most indecisive people on the planet Earth, like a pain to go to a restaurant with, right? Because I'm the one, like the last person looking at the menu and the waiter's like, what do you want? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, would you recommend this or that? Um, so it's really interesting because when it comes to small, minute decisions, I just, I'm very indecisive. But when it comes to big things, big life changes, I'm a very impulsive decision maker, which is so interesting. I don't know why my brain works that way. Uh, but I really do believe that, you know, it's it, it depends because like you mentioned, Kim, everyone has a different tolerance for risk. And I don't know necessarily that that it was an intentional preparation through books or podcasts that allowed me to make this decision with confidence. But I just, I really knew that specifically the job that I was in was not the right fit for me and no amount of time of being there was going to change that. And so I think my, my certainty in that was what gave me the confidence to realize I know that whatever is next for me, whatever that looks like is going to be better than this because this is not where I should be. I, and I feel like so many of us might have like that little voice inside that's like, wanting change or, or needing something new. What advice do you give to people when, when they start to hear it? Is it to kind of like maybe start exploring what interests them? Is it maybe talking to friends and family who have made that leap? What, what kind of advice do you give people? I always tell people to lean into your curiosities. So 
if something interests you, even if you're not sure that this is the right path for you, or maybe you feel like you are unqualified, I know a lot of people struggle with that imposter syndrome. The best thing you can do is just to to, to start. I always tell people, start before you feel ready. And if you're not embarrassed by your first attempt at something, it means that you waited too long to try. And so I really try to live by that rule because oftentimes I think, you know, we believe that if we have a good plan, that that's the best way to go about something. But I really do actually think that clarity comes from action. So sometimes when you're not sure of what the next best thing to do is, you really just have to do something, anything. And from that experience, whether it's a good or a bad lesson, a takeaway, that's what actually creates clarity for your next step. It's so true. I have, sometimes I'll, I'll talk to people and they're like, well, I'm so scared that I'm going to make a wrong turn or, and I'm like, well, you have to put the car in drive. It's hard to make a a wrong turn from a parking spot. (laughs) Very difficult. Yeah. I really like that. That's a really good analogy. You know, it's like the car has to be moving for you, for you to make the wrong turn. So you decide, you know, you're 23, you decide to quit this job. You're like, okay, I quit right before Christmas, which by the way, kudos to you. Most people quit after Christmas so mm. they can get their like holidays in, but you quit before Christmas. So, okay, we'll take it. So then <laughs> how did you decide like what you're going to do next? I mean, you wake up January one and are you like, okay, I'm starting an Etsy store. Okay. I'm going to be a yoga teacher. Like, how did you know where to turn? So I'll be honest. I'm definitely an accidental entrepreneur. I don't know if any of you guys in the chat can relate. I see Jen, Kelly, Giacomo, Jeffrey, Pierre, you guys are also awesome with your comments. Um, I, I didn't have this grand plan, honestly, Kim, when I left, I, I just thought, okay, I know where I'm at isn't where I'm supposed to be. So let me just go seek the next opportunity. And so I, in my head, when I quit, I thought I was actually going to move to a different city, a larger city in my state and, and apply for new marketing jobs. So that was kind of my tentative game plan. Now, about a month into my job search, I actually reconnected with a colleague at the company I had just left and him and his wife owned these local coffee stands as a family business um, outside of, you know, the work that he did at the company that we were both at. And he had heard through the grapevine that I knew a thing or two about Instagram marketing. And so he was like, Hey, like we know nothing about this whole social media world. Like, would you be able to help us just get our account set up and launched off the ground? And I thought it sounded like a really fun project. And you know, like I said, follow your curiosity. So I thought, Hey, why not? I'm not doing anything else right now anyways. And so I took them on as my first client and keep in mind, this was not some, you know, big project that was going to pay all my bills. In fact, I believe that first retainer was $300. So I was like groceries. Awesome. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but I think what that taught me was it opened my eyes to realize, Hey, I have a marketable skill. I have something that I can monetize and replicate. So like if I can get this one client for $300, I know I can continue this process and go out and land bigger client accounts. And so that's exactly what I did. I actually completely stopped applying for jobs from that point forward. And I just ran with it. And within the first 12 months, we had scaled our client services to our first six figures completely organically. Thank <laughs> you. 
Well, and I mean, it, it's a huge accomplishment to even be able to scale that quickly, that organically. I know, you know, for myself, who's done consultancy work and, you know, other people who've done freelance work or coaching work, you know, that that first client or those first couple clients are really tough. So what's kind of like your go-to strategy for someone who maybe is looking to land their first client or maybe they have their first one or two, but now they want to get to like five or six? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you start getting that snowball moving? Absolutely. I think it comes down to a couple things. Um, and it depends, right? It like depends what context you're starting with, but one rule in general in business and in life that I think is really important for people to take into consideration is that your relationships with other people, that should truly be your priority when you're building a business. Oftentimes as new entrepreneurs, our immediate first thought is we need to learn the tactical things, right? Like we need more skill sets. We need whatever it is. Um, but I really believe actually investing in your relationships first, then your mindset, then your skill set in that order, because I really do believe that your network is such a huge piece of building that momentum early on. So, and I'm sure you can relate because I know you are amazing at creating new relationships and connections. Um, but I think, you know, so leaning into that side of things, I think that the strategy of connecting with, well, and oh, Kim, I think I lost you for a second. Are you there? I froze. It's a live show. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm curious for you when you, I love the fact that you are so unbelievably transparent about numbers, about financials, about all sorts of things. I'm curious, you know, how that started or why you felt the need to do that sort of very financially transparent content. Yeah. So what Kim is referring to for all of you who are tuning in live or watching the replay, did I did. Yes. Um, so what Kim is referring to is I, for the last two years, I've actually been sharing my income reports publicly. So, um, it started out as written reports in 2019. And since then we have transitioned to creating quarterly income reports that we publish on my podcast. So if any of you are, you know, like to nerd out on numbers like I do, I highly encourage you to listen into one of them. I'm actually about to record my quarter two 2021 income report. And so if you search Cubicle, the CEO podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts um, and subscribe, you'll you know be updated when we upload our next one. But I really felt this need to transparently share not only what we're earning from like a you know, top line revenue perspective, but also what our expenses are, what our profit margins are, um, the mistakes that we're making along the way, because I feel that especially in the industry that I'm in, which is, you know, the online marketing world, there's a lot of gurus out there, which I hate that word to begin with, but you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of gurus out there that make these big flashy claims and they're like, I made a million dollars, you know, overnight or like in seven days, but they never really 
give a peek behind the curtain at, okay, but what did it take you to actually make that million dollars? Like, did you spend a million dollars in ads to make a million dollars? Did you work yourself into the ground? Do you have a team of 20 people? Like, what does that actually look like? And I think it creates this very false perception of what that even means. And so that was one reason I wanted to share my finances transparently. The second reason is actually because I believe that in our culture, we have a, you know, money is often a taboo topic that people don't really discuss. And I think especially among women, it's really important that we share this information uh, freely because I think knowledge empowers people. And the more that women can come together and share information, um, the more that we are all empowered to elevate our our own financial um you know, our own finances and our own businesses, because it gives us the the confidence to negotiate higher rates if we know that other people are charging higher rates. It allows us to have a better metric of, you know, what we can measure against. And it also shows people what is possible, right? Like so few female-run businesses um, reach some of these big financial milestones. And I think that when you see other people like yourself accomplishing something that you want to do, it makes it feel so much more tangible and realistic for you. And so that's my hope in sharing these um, reports is that people can kind of come along with me on this journey and, and be elevated as well in the process. I'm curious, was there someone when you were starting that shared their financials with you that sort of inspired you to then share your financials with other people? Yeah. So early on, um, I actually, I think the first ever income report that I ever found on the internet or, you know, read was Elise Dharma, who actually has since become a friend of mine and we had her on the podcast. So it was kind of a full circle moment when I interviewed her. Cause I was like, it's so weird. I used to read your things on the internet and I didn't know who you were, but you know, here you are. So, um, that did inspire me. And I found a couple others in my industry, you know, who do something similar. And I think that it's just so helpful because Kim, you and I were talking about this yesterday. You don't know what you don't know when you're new to something, right? And so sometimes when you're a new business owner or you haven't yet reached certain revenue marks, you don't even know the right questions to ask or what you should be looking out for. And so I think when you can follow someone else's journey and see, oh, okay, so this is what it took to get to six figures. This is what it took to get to, you know, seven figures or what it took to create a first six figure month or whatever that is, it allows you to kind of look ahead and go, okay, those are the potholes I should watch out for. This is something I should keep my eye open for. And I just think context is, is so helpful. And so that's really what I hope people take out of, you know, me sharing the good, the bad and the ugly, so to speak. Well, and even, you know, your workshops that you have are also immensely helpful. And the fact that they're free, like blows my mind. It's amazing. I feel like you give so much value and content that it's amazing. I can't even imagine, but we have to talk about your 12 month membership program. Cause in my head, I'm thinking if she's giving away, dropping all of this knowledge for free, I can't even imagine what is coming out in, in the paid program. So like, can you give us a little insider information on like why you started it? You know, what really inspired you? Was there somebody else's program that you're like, I think I can do a little riff off that. I'm so curious. 
Yeah. Well, thank you, Kim. That means so much coming from you. Um, so my 12-month mentorship program is called Cubicle to CEO. So we kind of kept the name the same across the board for you know easy, easy memory. And basically, our program is for service providers, coaches, and consultants who sell a one-on-one or done-for-you service. So if that is you, then This is who the program is built for. And we help these people. We help service providers, coaches, and consultants attract consistent clients and make their first $10,000 month without relying on a large following or posting every day. And that last piece is so important because those are two of the biggest, I think, hangups that a lot of, especially new business owners have is they obsess over, I don't have an audience. I need to grow more followers. I need to post content every day. I'm so stressed. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You know, it's, it's this content. I call it the content hamster wheel that everyone is running on. And I, I kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of, um, this out there voice, I guess, in the marketing industry where I go against a lot of what is being taught out there, which is like show up consistently, be online every day, do this, that, or the other. And I'm like, hang on, wait a second. A lot of these strategies are being taught by, again, gurus who have maybe been in the industry for five, 10 years, who have honestly forgotten what it's like to be a beginner and who have teams of 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 employees who have huge ad ad budgets, who have big audiences, big lists. And they're teaching these strategies without giving the context for their students like, hey, if you don't have all the resources that I have or you don't even have the business model that I have, I don't know that these strategies are necessarily going to work for you the same way that they worked for me. And so Something that's really important to me is that my program is built specifically for people with small audiences and people who do not want to spend all day, every day marketing their business. I call myself a marketing minimalist because I really believe it's about making things simple and intentional. And so we we teach a system in our program called the Consistent Clients Cash Flow System that teaches you how to get cold free leads um, that don't rely on you having a large audience, that don't rely on you posting every day. And actually, Kim, now that we're talking about this, I did want to bring up this opportunity for all of you who are watching, um, I'm hosting a free live masterclass where I'm actually breaking down the system that I teach on July 21st. So if any of you want to kind of take a peek behind the curtain of my different approach to marketing, I would love for you to join us. You can grab a seat at ellenyen.com slash live. And I would love to be able to chat with you in real time during that class as well. I, I will be there for, for the record. I will, I will be signing up. I, I'm so curious when you talk about being a marketing marketing minimalist, I, I just want to piggyback off Jeff's point, which is let's say you find yourself in a bit of a rut. I honestly, to be transparent, I haven't posted on my Instagram feed in like two weeks and I have such a backup of posts and I just like haven't been doing it. It's so bad. Or I haven't sent out an email blast. How do you how do you conquer that? Or, or when you know you fall behind, how do you kind of catch back up? Yeah. So I think there has been this like invisible burden that has been placed on business owners by all these voices in the industry saying, if you do not post consistently or show up consistently on social media, you are 
not doing it right as a business owner, right? Like you're failing as a business owner or your business is not going to grow because of this. And I think the key piece that people are forgetting here is that, sure, you can create content all day, every day, but doing so does not necessarily equate to more revenue or more income in your business. Because what's more important than creating a whole bunch of content is actually getting the right people to see your content. The traffic piece is the totally ignored part of the equation that people don't mention, you know, when they're when they're talking or thinking about creating consistent content. And so, I actually dive deeper into why the current model is broken, this current advice out there to post every single day without any further, you know, context around that. I go into that in my live masterclass on the 21st. So, um if you want to kind of get the full breakdown, like please join us there. And I'd love to share that with you. Um, But I think my biggest piece of advice for people is to remove that pressure from yourself to feel the need to post every day or even remove the thought of ever being behind. Because I think what's more important than whether or not you, you know, ticked off a box and said, I posted X amount of times this week is actually how did you show up and connect with the right traffic sources with the right audiences of your potential ideal clients and to place your focus on that connection piece, that traffic piece rather than the content piece. It's huge. And again, apologies on my crazy internet. No, you are I totally swear right. I checked it before this. I'm like, <laughs> it um, always happens to me too when I do this. So Kim, I get you girl. Like don't even stress. We are, we're rolling. <laughs> Rollin, you're such a pro. I love this. Um, I feel like the the transparency and the marketing minimalist and the tips. These are all phrases that I've heard before because I listen to the podcast, and you know these are things that you talk about all the time on the podcast. But for people who haven't listened to the podcast, one, what are you doing? You should listen to it. But where where would you recommend they start? Or maybe like what's an episode that you're like, okay, if you're just kind of dipping in, here's a good place for you to kind of enter the cubicle to CEO realm? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, well, let me pull up my phone, Kim, because that is an excellent question. I don't have like a starter episode per se, um, but one, so I would listen to my most recent income report just because I feel like that'll kind of introduce you a little bit more to who I am in my business. So the most recent uh, income report, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, I believe it is episode 90 something. So if you scroll, oh, here, episode 91, the reality of making $250,654 in 90 days and my first six-figure month. So that was posted April 26th, if you want to go listen to that. I would start with that. And then there are some great case studies. So if you are a service provider, coach, or consultant, um, I highly recommend listening to some of the case studies that I've done with members inside cubicle to CEO, because these are people who are in a similar stage of business as you, if you're someone who has not yet scaled to six figures and you can learn from these different people in vastly different niches and industries on what's working for them in real time right now to grow their business. So for example, like episode 94, how to make two to four times more money per client and save over $10,000 in taxes each year. 
That is an interview I did with an accountant who is a Cubicle to CEO member um, that I think you guys you know, will find really helpful if you're wanting to raise your rates uh, for your clients and save some money in taxes. So those are just two episodes that you can, you know, leap into. Did you have an episode that surprised you the most where you kind of thought we were going to go left and then you ended up going totally right? Or you thought it was going to be a simple like 20 minute recording and you ended up on the phone for two hours? Oh, that's such a good question. I don't, mm. honestly, I feel like every guest we have on the podcast, which by the way, Kim, after this, after this live time, so excited to like get you connected with my podcast manager so we can have you on the show. Well overdue. Um, but honestly, every guest surprises me with something that just really makes me think. That's what I love about our guests on the show is these people are so brilliant and I love learning from them. I'm such a like lifelong student. And before I ever even knew anything of the business world, growing up, my dream was actually to be a journalist. I wanted to be a broadcast journalism major who interviewed people for a living. And in some way I get to do that through, you know, through my passion project, through this podcast. And I'm so grateful for that because getting to, you know, learn from people who are further ahead in the journey than me or who have, you know, very different experiences than me is, is something that, um, I just, I don't take for granted. So I don't know if I have a specific episode. I'm sorry. That's not a specific answer, but I really do think every guest brings something unique to the table. I love that. Kim, your face is frozen right now in like the best pose ever, <laughs> but I can hear you. You're like in the surprised face. I love it. <laughs> Kim, you're totally fine. Hey, while Kim is actually popping back in, um, does anyone have any questions in the comment section? If you're watching this live, let's uh, let's hear your questions. I'd love to answer some um, while we wait for Kim to get back on. Any brave takers? Kelly, Jeffrey, Giacomo, anybody? Okay. Shelby has a question. How often do I post? Um, so I actually don't have a set number of times that I post because I don't like to create arbitrary rules around business. I think sometimes rules actually deter us from being solutions oriented because then we just um, default to what I call task rabbit mode, where we just do things for the sake of doing things. We check an item off our list without actually being really intentional about the strategy and like, why are we even doing this? Right. So I honestly only post when I want to. <laughs> so sometimes like right now I'm really into reels. I just kind of started dipping my feet in them and they're, they're super fun. So I've been posting pretty regularly. Um, or starting to, I'm going to be posting, I'm going to try posting a reel a day for like 14 days just for fun. But there are times where I honestly go weeks or even a whole month without posting. And the beautiful thing is when you have an evergreen content system set up, it doesn't impact your income in your business. And so that's another thing that I share 
more about in my live masterclass. So again, if you haven't signed up, it's totally free. You can go to ellenyin.com slash live, and I'd love for you to sign up. And I actually talk a little bit more about like what evergreen content is and how that can can replace this pressure that you have to, to show up and post every single day. Okay, Kelly. Um, oh, hold on a second. Jen, sorry. Jen's question first, and I'll go to Kelly. Um, how do you help people feel confident to raise their rate? Jen, that's such a good question. Um, honestly, I think when it comes to raising your rates, one of the best things you can do is actually to get really clear on what is the outcome or the transformation that you are providing your client. Because the value of your service, the perceived value that someone is willing to pay for your service or your offer is dependent on three factors, right? The amount of money, time, or energy and or energy that you add back into someone's life with your service. And so if you're thinking, I need to raise my rates, then your positioning needs to also change with that. And so I think that's um, one of the ways that you can raise your rates. Kim, I think you are back. Yes. Okay, just in case, I'm going to go to Kelly's question real quick. Kelly asked, what advice do you have for tapping into those relationships to get your first client? Kelly, that's such a great question. Um, if you're talking about your existing network, sometimes it really is as simple as just reaching out to your existing network and saying, hey, I just launched this new service. And as one of the trusted people in my circle, I wanted to celebrate the news with you first. If there is anyone in your community that you've heard mention needing help with this before, um, I would be so honored if you'd be willing to do I a three-way intro this. for me. I'd love to you know, answer any of their questions or serve them in whatever capacity I can. And sometimes a simple ask is the best ask. But another thing that I would add as a caveat to that, Kelly, is to also think about what's in it for them. And so one of the things I did early on and still do to this day is when someone sends me a referral, I always try to thank them, right? I always try to say, okay, if you sent me a referral for a client, maybe you pay them 10% of that first month's retainer. Maybe you, you know, send a handwritten note with a Starbucks gift card or whatever it is, but really make sure that other people feel valued for going out on a limb and, you know, making that introduction for you or helping to share and spread the word about your business. So always think about what's in it for the other person. Can I see you moving? Can you hear me? Thanks guys for hanging tight through the tech issues, but I'm having so much fun with you guys. So thank you for just asking your questions. I'm really excited to answer all of these. I'm totally frozen. Ah. Kim, I can hear you though, even though you're frozen. Can you hear me? Why won't this work? <laughs> tech issues. Guys, this happened to me um, actually two weeks ago. I was recording a podcast. Yes, totally. I was recording a podcast and I literally cut off like 
15 times in the interview. So Kim, I feel you. And tech issues are no one's fault. Okay. It's just like, it's all bound to happen to us sometime in our, <laughs> in our business. So I think we can all extend like extra great. Jane, by the way, Jane is so right. Jane, yes. you are correct. Alan is being such a champ. <laughs> Not at all, you guys. This is just this is business, guys. You have to think on your feet. You gotta go with the flow. It's it's no big deal. I I just love hanging out with you guys. So thank you for showing up. All right, Kim. Um, I'm gonna keep answering a few more questions while um we're waiting, if that's cool with you guys. Okay, let's see. Whose question was next? Um Oh, Sarah, how long did it take for you to see major growth in your business? Ooh, Sarah, I feel like it was, I actually saw pretty major growth within the first three months of my business. I would not say that is necessarily the standard. I think what's more important though, um, something I've learned over the past couple years is to not measure your progress to someone else's. Sometimes I almost feel like it's irrelevant to know like, oh, someone's, you know, moving at this pace versus, you know, this other person because your journey is going to be so different from everyone else's. And something I would always encourage you with and everyone with is um, – let go of this perception of being behind. I know it's really easy to get compare like comparisonitis or whatever you want to call it. Um, especially in this increasingly connected online world where everyone is sharing, you know, the best things that are happening to them online. But I think it's really important to realize that there is no such thing as behind because you are the CEO of your business. You get to sit in the driver's seat and you get to decide how fast or slow you move your business. And so there's no such thing as behind because it is just about what you want and what you prioritize in that season of your life. And so I hope that helps. Like that's, that's, you know, my answer, but yours might look completely different. And so, um, wherever you are at or anyone is at, you're doing great. Jeffrey said, what is your key advice for someone to get past their fears of being an entrepreneur? My biggest piece of advice, Jeffrey would be to, Look at everything as a learning opportunity and an opportunity to gather data. Um, I I really do think that failure is one of the best teachers. And whether whether it's, you know, don't do this again or, hey, this worked, let's do more of it. I think that if you can fail fast and fail forward, that you don't actually ever lose anything when things don't go the way you have thought or hoped it would go because either way, you come out of every situation having gained wisdom. So there's no true loss there, right? No matter what, you either gained the result that you want or you gained wisdom. And either way, those things are going to come together to help you continue to grow. So if your main fear about being an entrepreneur is that things aren't going to go right or that maybe you're not qualified or that you know whatever other fear you have in your head i'm here to tell you that it's it's pretty much a guarantee if you're going to be an entrepreneur or just live life in general that things are not always going to go your way so you're right they're not always going to be perfect and things are going to go wrong <laughs> like that's just a fact of life but the sooner you can kind of accept that reality and realize that it's not against you but actually for you i think the the less you will um hold yourself back from going and doing the thing anyway 
You guys are asking such quality questions, by the way. I love this. You're back. Hey, girl. Am I back? I'm just literally like trying to move closer to the router. I'm like, <laughs> get closer. By the way, thank you, ever, thank you, Alan, for being a rock star. And then thank you for everybody else for like doing my job for me because I really appreciate it. At all. Your people are so awesome. They're asking such great questions. I'm like, holy crap. Um, and by the way, just keep the questions coming because they're amazing. I've been really enjoying them as well. Oh, good. Good, good, good. So wait, were you just finishing one? Finish it. I just finished one. So so okay. go for it. Whatever is next on your on your mind. Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh my God. Um, one of the like curiosity questions that I was gonna have for you is I feel like I like to surround myself with other entrepreneurs or learn from other accounts or like learn. And I'm curious, like who are some people that you have been learning from maybe over the years or have those people changed? Like I used to learn from this person, but then I kind of graduated like to this other person. And now I'm learning from I this other person. I think, Kim, what you asked is who are, who are some of the people that I've learned from, right? In, in my years as yeah. an entrepreneur. Okay. Oh man, there's been so many great teachers. Um, one of my very first business mentors uh, was Rachel Peterson. Um, she's incredible. She's such a great marketer. Um, I really love the fun and the enthusiasm that she brings to everything that she does. Um, someone that um, has taught me a lot in really not even so much in the tactical side, but just more in the mindset perspective approach to business um, that's been invaluable is my friend Haley Burkhead. I absolutely love her. I actually am a coach in one of her high-level programs as well. Um, and I love getting to work with, you know, someone that I admire and respect so much, both as a peer and as a friend. Um, but man, there's been so many great teachers. And I think that actually one of the best teachers um, in my business experience have been my students. I think that oftentimes we forget that we have so much to learn from the people that we help because, you know, they help us see things in a new light or attack a problem in a different way than maybe we ever had to because their experiences in business are very different. And so, like you mentioned at the beginning, we've we've had over 8,000 students come through our paid programs. Um, and the questions that they ask have shown me and taught me so, so much. And I'm really, really grateful for that. Do you have a favorite kind of client success story or student success story that you really love? Ooh, I have so, I have so many. <laughs> I'm like, where to, where to begin? Um, one of my favorite stories actually was I remember, so the live masterclass I keep talking about on the 21st, I usually do it like once or twice a year. And in 2020, I remember this specifically because it was my birthday. I was supposed to go to Disneyland um, for my birthday in, in 2020. Of course, that did not happen, right? Um, and I thought, okay, like I already had this whole day planned out for this big like adventure. Now I'm sitting at home doing nothing. Why don't I, you know, hang out with my community and teach my masterclass live? So I did that on my birthday last May. And I remember specifically there was a girl in the com or a woman in the comments who um 
she actually was like, hey, Ellen, I just wanted to let you know I just joined Cubicle the CEO and I'm about to walk into my boss's office and turn in my two-week notice. I'm doing it now, guys. Wish me luck. And I was like, like, whoa, like I can't believe you're taking such a huge step, like literally live with us on this class. It was so mind-blowing. Her name is Jen and uh, she's a copywriter, UX designer. Um, and now, now turned coach. And it was so cool because she did that, right? She took this big step and within her first 90 days with us in the program, she had gone from making $500 a month with her business to $5,000 a month and had replaced her nine to five income. And so that's just one of so many stories I could share, but it, it was just a cool moment to be in like, in the moment with someone in such a big step in their career journey of, you know, like quitting their day job. Oh my God. I love this question from Jane and hopefully I will not buffer so I can steal it for a second. (laughs) But I think one of what my answer would be to this is you have to take time to invest in yourself. You Mm -hmm. have to take time to invest in your career capital, um, your personal brand. And if you don't take time to do that, it's like laying a bad foundation. It is really hard to grow when you have not done that foundational work. But I'm curious, what was your journey with that like? Kim, I think you cut out for a little bit. I froze. Um, I was just, I was just saying that the foundation to me and investing in yourself is so mm-hmm. important, and investing in your career capital to me is like. The, the basic step number one, but I'm curious yeah. for you, you know, when you look at Jane's concerns, how would you address that? I love that advice from Kim, by the way, I think investing in yourself is so important. And you guys remember that story I just told at the beginning where I had my first client for $300 that very same month I invested in myself or in my business for the first time. I took $50 and I joined a membership. And I know $50 seems like nothing, right? Like comparatively, especially now. But at the time, $50 out of my total $300 in my business bank account was a lot of money. And But that that um, just practice of investing in myself, continuing my growth, investing in mentors, investing in um, programs that taught me new skills, investing in communities where I could put myself in the same rooms as other people who are achieving the same goals as me or you know helping to elevate my my thought levels and 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 my connections like those were what made the biggest uh those decisions were what made the biggest difference for me early on I think Jane and so I really love that advice from Kim I think another great way to get your name out there honestly is to not make it about you. Um, One of my favorite quotes in the world, I can't remember who said this first. I think it was like Teddy Roosevelt. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I'm sorry if I'm like totally off on that. But it was, uh, you become interesting by first being interested. And so I think that if you want to make a name for yourself, actually one of the best ways to do that is to make a name for other people. So to really think about, okay, how can I add value into other people's lives? And to be of service to them. What problems do they have that I'm uniquely equipped to help them with? And if you can show up repeatedly in service for other people, your name will naturally be shared and and get out there without you even having to actively try. So I hope that helps. 
A hundred percent. I think it does. And I'm curious for you, you know, besides joining the live workshop, which we're all going to do, <laughs> if you could give all of us like a homework assignment for this week, like mm. something we should do, a pod, you know, podcast episode we should listen to, um, what would your homework assignment for us be? Well, Kim, I would love for all of you to subscribe to the Cubicle to CEO podcast because we have a ton of free marketing and business resources there. But the homework assignment I'm going to give to you guys actually is I want you to take a moment today and think about one person in your existing network who you can connect uh, to someone else in your network, like two people who you know, who don't know each other, but would be a good connection for one another. That's exactly what our friend Jenna did for me and Kim. We didn't know each other prior to this, and she thought of both of us and connected us via email. And now here we are chatting with all of you. And this collaboration magic, that is where that is where the the fun in business is. And it's one of the best ways to provide value is to actually be a connector for the people in your community. So that's my homework assignment to all of you. Connect two people together. And guess what? Their common, you know, shared story point is always going to start with you. And that is another way to always stay top of mind for the other people in your network too. So go do that and, and update me. Please send me a DM. I'm not as active on LinkedIn as Kim is. I know I need to get more active on this platform. She's like a LinkedIn rock star, but I'm most active on Instagram. So if any of you are fellow Instagrammers, my username is at Miss Ellen Yin. So, you know, Miss Ellen Yin and feel free to send me a DM anytime and let me know how it goes. Like, tell me who you introduced. I'm curious, what did you think of the Instagram update this week that it's not going to be about like in-feed posts anymore, that it's more like a video platform? You know, I am not surprised by it just because I feel like short form video is having its moment, you know, like between TikTok, YouTube shorts, Instagram reels. I think the way that consumer behavior is changing, we love the how personality can really shine through in video and people really gravitate towards that human element, but also our attention spans are so short, right? Because everything is fighting for our attention these days. We live in like an attention economy. And so I think that short form video really um, is, is kind of like the star of the moment. So I'm not surprised by it, but I also feel like at the end of the day, trends come and go, platforms come and go, but what doesn't change is at the heart of it, marketing and business is all about connection. So if you can keep that word at the forefront of your mind, you're never going to go wrong there, no matter what changes in, in, you know, in strategies or platforms. It's so true. Connection and community. Best, yeah. best two double C's you could have besides, yes. Chanel, besides Chanel, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> community, connection, and Chanel. Yes, Great. there we go. That's all a girl needs. <laughs> That's all a girl really needs, right? Those three things. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So Instagram is the way to get in contact with you. We included all the links to the live workshops, which I will be joining. I am so excited. And you are such a rock star for dealing with my crazy internet. So Not thank you so much, Ellen. You're amazing. It was an absolute pleasure, Kim. I'm so grateful for this time with you and your community. Thank you to all of you who showed up in the comments. I hope to see all of you on July 21st. Send me a DM on Instagram or on LinkedIn if you're planning to come and I'll see you guys there. Awesome. Thanks everybody. Have a good week. Bye Kim. Thank you. 
Whew, that was some good stuff. Thanks for being a part of this week's Coffee with Kim. If podcasts are your thing, subscribe to the show and you'll see a new episode appear next week in your favorite listening app. If you want to be a part of the conversation, join us live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern over on LinkedIn. You can RSVP at getcoffeewithkim.com. I want you to have your questions answered because why should I get to have all the fun? And let's be honest, you know how to ask some hard hitting questions. My guests and I cannot wait to meet you. See you soon.